Jesse Kelly Show on a Friday in Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. You know what I love? Me. What, Chris? No, you know what I love? I love being right. I love being right. Do you remember way, way, way back in April of 2020? I'm sure you do remember. I'm sure you have mentally cataloged everything I've ever said. But you remember when I said this? And where I'm going with all this is it's not only what's happening now. As you'll see, I look at everything through the lens of history. I try to take a step back on everything. My concern is that just like Sulla looking around at his army and deciding, well, why can't I go to Rome? And then every tyrant after him throughout the rest of the empire made the same decision because, well, I mean, Sulla showed you can do it. I'm, I'm Julius Caesar. I have an army. Who says I can't come back to Rome? Who's going to stop me? My concern is from now until the day they close the doors on the United States of America, which Lord willing is a thousand years from now, that the results, our response to a pandemic will be tyranny. That our response to a pandemic will be to tell every single human being that in the name of flattening the curve, You must give up every single right that makes you an American. You must give up every single thing that makes America unique. My concern is not only what we're seeing now, although I'm very concerned about that, obviously, because it's my family and yours. My concern is we have opened up our own Pandora's box here. And that from now until the end of time, because precedent is such a strong thing and people love to just say, well, that's what we did before. The next time we get a pandemic, and we will, there's always another one. History proves it so. The next time we get a pandemic, it'll be even easier. It'll be like just reaching over and flipping off a light switch. Hey, guess what? Rights are suspended again. We've got another pandemic. Turns out coronavirus isn't quite done, or vaccination isn't quite done. The Pfizer CEO... Well, they're, uh, well, just take it from him, not me. You think that we will every fall have to prepare ourselves for a booster shot with COVID just like we get a flu shot? I think so. Any variants are coming, and Omicron was the first one that was able to evade in a skillful way the immune protection that we were giving. But also we know that the duration of the protection doesn't last very long. So what we are trying to do, and we are working very diligently... Right now, it is to the the duration doesn't last very long. What kind of vaccine is this? You know what? Look, what I'm saying is right now, Pfizer and Moderna, they're pressing the FDA to get approval for a fourth shot. And then I, I will tell you, it is bizarre to me. There are people out there actually waiting for the fourth shot. If you've got three and you don't feel protected, are you really going for a fourth? You know, what? forget about that. Let's get back to the questions. It is an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. I don't want to get sidetracked out here. I mean, look, it's that or we can listen to Pelosi. Ireland's sorrow and pain is now the Ukraine. (laughs) And St. Patrick's name is now Zelensky. (laughs) 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 Dr. Jesse, I'm planning a last-minute spring spring break trip, and I need your help. A road trip to Montana to go skiing or a visit to Nashville? 12 and a half hours either way from my location. My 13-year-old daughter wants to ski. I'm in Minnesota. I could probably make your burger in the cabin I'd rent in Montana. 
I like that. So one point for the Jesse Kelly burger. Okay, look. A lot of people don't know this. I actually lived on a ski hill once. You see, when I was a kid, we lived in Ohio. I was born in Ohio. That's where still most of my family is. Oddly, it just worked out that way. That's still most of the wife's family is. It's just we're an Ohio people. And we were in construction. And my old man decided he wanted to get out of Ohio and live somewhere because it's really polluted where I was. I was down by the Ohio River. It's all power plants. And I mean, it's Rust Belt, Rust Belt, right? It is the Rust Belt. You drive through it and you're like, oh, I, I could I could blindfold you and drop you from outer space there and you'd open your eyes and say, oh, I'm in the Rust Belt. You, you would know. <laughs> you would know. But he decided he wanted us to live in a cleaner place. He loved to hunt and fish. I mean, I used to go rabbit hunting with him when I was a kid. I mean, tiny kid in Ohio and I'd have a toy gun and he'd have the dogs out there in the works. I told you, look, I told you who we were. <laughs> so he decided we were moving to Montana. We took a bunch of road trips across the country back and forth because he was looking for work, just trying to find a job so we would have some place to live. And eventually he finds a job in Montana. We moved to Montana. Well, we don't have money like for a house and stuff. So we actually had to rent a ski cabin. We had to rent a ski cabin on the side of a mountain until he could get some money up. Hold on, Chris. I'm getting to that here in a moment, whether or not I ski. And you want to talk, look, I thought this was fantastic because I was 10 years old. I was a 10-year-old boy. It was an adventure to me. Like to get groceries, get this, to get groceries, you couldn't actually drive up to the ski cabin. You had to park. It was, uh, I'm just doing this from memory. I'll have this wrong. I would say 100 feet, maybe 200 feet below the cabin. Well, since you can't drive up there, if you pull up to your cabin with groceries and it's all snowy, you got a problem. So we would, we had a sled staged by where the car was and we would park and you load all the groceries in the sled and you'd have a rope tied to it and you just have to hump up the hill and bring the groceries into the house. This was that year I got a frozen pizza for Christmas. So like I said, it was tight times. However, however, that's, that was a long way to say this. I love Nashville. It's going pretty hard left, which sucks. But Nashville, especially the Burbs, Tennessee itself is just sick. I love Tennessee, man. It, it, I learned to swim in Tennessee. My dad threw me off a houseboat on, in Tennessee when I was, I mean, five or six years old. And that's how I learned to swim. Uh, the Smoky Mountains. Tennessee is stupid cool. If, if I ever left, if I, oh, Chris, them's fighting words. Chris just said ten, Tennessee barbecue's garbage. I didn't say it. Chris did. Anyway, if I ever left Texas, I'd probably move to Tennessee. That's how much I love that state. But that said, there, there's no substitute for going skiing with somebody you love or a friend. I've done, I did a bunch of skiing because I lived in Bozeman, Montana. That's where we moved when we went to Montana. And it's a big ski town. If you ever get there and get out the airport, you'll know why it's a ski town. You look around and there's just mountains all around you. It's in a big valley. There's mountains all around you. And... When you get on a chairlift, you see, uh, see everyone who skis will know what I'm talking about, but I always have to keep in mind people haven't. There's a gigantic lift that basically there are a bunch of chairs on it in a row and you have to stand at the bottom and it'll, you have to stand in one spot and you got to hurry with your skis on and it'll come in behind you and basically wham, nail you and make you sit your butt down on the chair. Now that's the less fun part. Uh, getting off before you actually understand how to get off is also very difficult as well. Hey, I'll get to that in a second, Chris. But you get on that chair 
And what it's doing, it's taking you up into the mountain. And if you're sitting there with your daughter and you're heading up the side of a mountain, it'll be completely quiet. The views will be breathtaking. You'll be looking out at snow-capped mountains. There's a little element of danger to it because there's no seatbelt or anything, right? You're just sitting in there and you'll be really, really, really high. You'll know you made the right choice. Take your daughter skiing. Go make Jesse Kelly burgers in a ski cabin. Take your daughter skiing. Live it up. And I expect an email update to jesse at jessekellyshow.com whenever you get back. Let's hear from Janet Yellen real quick. You know, we're likely to see another year in which 12-month inflation numbers remain very uncomfortably high. Okay, let's not hear from her anymore. That, that was depressing. Good afternoon. I hope all is well. I found your channel around the time of Biden's inauguration. I've been listening to you since then. It's refreshing to know a lot of what you say is what I've been trying to tell my family for years. Over the years, my confidence dwindled down, but now I'm getting it back. I really appreciate your advice of going out more, even if I don't like big crowds. Is there any other recommendations you have? (sighs) Look, in reference to what he's talking about. I am, I'm not, I'm not afraid of crowds and I don't have any social phobias at all. I don't, it's not that, but I am a loner. That's probably fair to say. I'm a loner. What Chris? I am. You think, you think I'm a jerk. That's not true. Being a loner and a jerk are two totally different things. It's I mean, I can be a jerk and a loner. That's, that's different, but all right. Whoever you believe, I generally prefer my own company. All right. I generally prefer my own company. I just, that's the way I am. But if you're on the right, there is something that is happening to you, happening all around you. And you may not even realize it, but it is something that is hurting you. And it is something we have to be a lot more forceful to fight against. And I'll tell you exactly what that something is here in just a second. But I brought up earlier in the show, I brought up corporations and how they're garbage, and how they're financially tied to the government, so many of them, and that's why they're always trashing our values and trashing what you believe. Where are you sending your mobile phone money every month? I know you have it tied to a bank account or a credit card. It gets paid automatically. Where's that money going? Is it going to Verizon or AT&T? Ugh, T-Mobile. T-Mobile still has a vax mandate. You know Pure Talk gives you the same coverage because they're on the same network as one of those big guys. Same 5G coverage. Unlimited talk, text, and 6 gigs of data for just $30 a month. The average family saves over $800 a year, and it takes less than 10 minutes to switch. Oh, and did I mention an American company? CEO's a Vietnam veteran. You'll get to talk to an American on the phone. Dial pound 250 and say Jesse Kelly... That'll save you an additional 50% off your first month. Pound 250, say Jesse Kelly. Missed out? Catch up. JesseKellyShow.com It is the Jesse Kelly Show on a Friday and Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Remember, you can email the show jesse at jessekellyshow.com. The, the, the question was about big crowds and things like that, and he asked for other recommendations. But I want, I want to stay on the crowds thing for a second. I'm, I'm a bit of an introvert. Uh, now, obviously, 
I can work a crowd. I ran for Congress twice and lost twice, and I enjoy a crowd. But in general, if it's, you know, it's, it's Friday, right? It's Friday. What do I want to do tonight when I get done with this whole thing? I'm having a blast, as you can probably tell. But when I'm done, I want to go home and read a book, watch a documentary. I don't want to go out. I don't want to have a big party. I don't want to hang out with a bunch of people. I just like to keep to myself. But maybe that's you. Maybe it's not, though. Look, the wife is exact opposite. She needs she needs energy. She needs social. She needs to be hanging around people. It gets her fired up. It drains my batteries. It charges hers. So if that's you, if you're like me and it drains you, you need to be careful. I need to be careful that I don't do too much of that. And this is what I mean. I, uh, Clay and Buck, you obviously know Clay and Buck, and you know my mentor, Michael Berry. He's another great nationally syndicated radio host. He's the only reason I'm talking to you right now instead of selling RVs still. Not that there's anything wrong with selling RVs. But th- they came down here. We had a big blowout event in Houston, like 1,200 people or something like that at some big honky-tonk bar. Chris came. Michael came. It was It was a blast. It was a blast. And... I'll be honest with you, I wasn't looking forward to it. Now, I wasn't dreading it because I'm real good friends with Michael and and Clay and Buck. Like We're all boys, so I was looking forward to hanging out with them. But a big event, It's it, again, I don't, I don't want to act like I was hiding in my closet, nervous. I just, I don't want to do a big event. It's a Friday. I want to, I want to go. So we went to this event, and it was the most energizing thing I have done in six months to a year. Why? This is the danger you can fall into right now and I can fall into. Because we are culturally surrounded by the enemy, it is easy to feel alone. And that is not good and it's not true. If you if you're a loner like me, if I allow if I never go to one of those big events and I just sit in my house Maybe uh, turn on a movie. Am I going to see my values in the movie I turn on, especially if it's a modern one? Okay, no, let's turn on a sitcom. Am I going to see my values in a sitcom? When I turn on the news channels, am I going to see my values, the TV commercials, the NFL, NBA? Am I going to see my values? Do the corporations out there, are they spreading my values? Is the education system spreading my values? You understand what I mean? Culturally, we are surrounded because the scumbag communists took over all the cultural institutions. So that can lead loners like me to believe we're alone. That that there the, hardly anyone agrees with me. Uh, everyone's against me. I, I don't have anybody. I went out to that event. We st- we sat on stage and did a, like a panel for an hour. Just kind of talked back and forth, and then after that. We went down off the stage and just went and hung out with people. Had, had some beers, hung out with people, took a bunch of pictures and stuff like that. Man, it was so energizing. There were so many people that think like you think and want what you want and want what I want. I couldn't get the smile off my face for two days after that thing because it was a reminder, I'm not alone. You're not alone. Yeah, we feel surrounded. Everything you see through that television set, most of what you hear through your radio speakers, education, everything, it all makes you feel surrounded and like you're alone, but you are not alone. 
There are so many people, millions of them in this country, who think just like you think and want what you want. And we have to constantly remind ourselves of that. And he asks for another recommendation, and I, I, I will give you another recommendation. Go to a gun range and practice. And hear me out. Hear me out. That may sound like a standard boilerplate conservative thing to say, oh, go to the range and practice. There is, if you've never done it, there's a level of self-confidence that comes from knowing you can defend yourself. And it's palpable. It is palpable. You see all the dangerous stuff that, that happens out there, right? All the, all the violence, all the nasty stuff. And if you don't have that sense of confidence at all, it's, it, can be, it, it can create anxiety. I know this when I talk to people. Like I know somebody, he doesn't have a weapon, doesn't believe in guns. Don't get me started. I've tried, but doesn't believe in guns. And yet he's the first one to bring up violent crime in his area and he's worried and a car just got broken into and his neighbor just got mugged and he's worried all the time. I don't walk around with that worry because not because I'm some stud or anything like that. I'm not. I'm just very average, but I do practice practice whenever I get a chance and I can hit what I aim at. There is a sense of self-confidence that comes with that. It's just like uh, people who do martial arts or something like that. Maybe you do Brazilian jiu-jitsu or boxing or grappling. or And the good ones, not the idiot ones. The good ones. There's a sense of self-confidence that comes with knowing how to handle yourself in, in situations. There just is. And if you're one of these guys, well, ladies too, obviously this very much applies to. But maybe, let me speak to dudes for a second. If you're one of these dudes, maybe you're smaller Maybe you didn't have a dad. Maybe you had one and he was kind of a wuss. And, and so you grew up and you didn't really have that kind of guidance, that, that, that strong man guidance at all. And now you feel, you, feel, you feel like everyone else is tougher than you. And like you're the weakling and you just have to get through life avoiding getting picked on. Again, get to a gun range and practice. Or go take a Brazilian jiu-jitsu class or something like that. I feel for you. It's not your fault. You didn't pick your dad or lack thereof. It is what it is. Those, those small little self-improvement things when it comes to self-defense, they improve your outlook, your everyday outlook on life. They do. I know that sounded kind of weird, but it's true. Look, you, you can hear me talk about that or you can hear this. Let's be clear. When America's recovery was flat on its back and the economy was flat on its back, it was the Democrats without a single Republican vote that brought us back. Do you like that? You want some more? Here's some more for you. I'm sick of this stuff. We have to talk about it because the American people think the reason for inflation is government spending more money. Simply not true. Okay, I think we'll stick with me, huh? More Ask Dr. Jesse next. It is the Jesse Kelly Show on an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Remember, remember back when old Trump said this? I wish you would interview Joe Biden like you interview me. It would be so good. You know what? You the, like this, the, I thought. I thought you liked it. I don't mind it. I don't mind it. But when I watch him walk out of a store and he's walking with a ice cream and the question the media asks him, what kind of ice cream, what flavor <laughs> ice cream do you have? 
and he's in the midst of a scandal. He's not. And he's taking... He's of course not. he is, no. Leslie. Come on. Of course he is. It's the biggest, second biggest scandal. So, the biggest scandal was when they spied on my campaign. They spied on my well, campaign, there's Leslie. no real evidence of that. Of course there is. No. It's all over the place. Leslie, Sir, they spied on my campaign and they got I, caught. Can I say something? You know, this is 60 Minutes, and we can't put on things we can't no, verify. No, you won't put it on because it's bad for Biden. We can't Look, put on things we can't verify. Leslie, they spied and, on my campaign. Well, we can't verify that. It's been that. totally verified. No. It's been, just go down and get the papers. They spied on my campaign, they got caught. No. And then they went much further than that, and they got caught. And you will see that, Leslie, and you know that, but you just don't want to no. put it on the air. As a matter of fact, I don't know that. Okay. How has Leslie Stahl not resigned after that interview? That's the same interview where she laughed at him when he brought up Hunter Biden's laptop. I mean, the laptop that the New York Times was kind enough to confirm for everybody yesterday, now that Joe Biden is already president of the United States and destroying the country. Um, not that they want to talk about it. The New York Times has authenticated emails that appear to have come from a laptop abandoned by Hunter Biden in Delaware. The president previously said that the New York Post story about this was a bunch of garbage and that it was a Russian plant. Does he stand by that assessment? I've pointed to the Department of Justice and also to Hunter Biden's representatives. He doesn't work in the government. Yeah. Moving on here. Dear Oracle, I've always wondered, are you a dog person? Having two boys, I assumed you are. Please don't tell me you're a cat guy or one of those golden doodle people. Golden doodles, they don't count. <sighs> he says I can say his name. His name is Ike. All right. Let's have a talk. It's just, it's, it's just you and me, all right? Let's have a heart-to-heart. I grew up with dogs. When I was a kid, we had Beagles, and we had Airedales. And then after we moved to Montana, started getting into pheasant hunting and duck hunting, so we had Labs, uh, yellow Labs and black Labs, mostly black Labs if I remember right, but I think there was a yellow one or two in there. I, they still have yellow Labs, but that's what we had. And so I always, we always had a dog. I mean, always. The day our dog died, our neighbor poisoned one of our dogs. Oh, I never told you that story, Chris. All right, hold on, pause. Let's do a little story time here. I had a dog, a black lab. Now, if you know anything about dogs, you'll know black labs are just the friendliest, one, most wonderful things in the world. Except for this one. This one, everyone thought he was part Rottweiler because his head was gigantic. It looked like a it looked like a Rottweiler's head, and he was just the most rotten freaking dog ever. His name was Jake, and I mean a rotten dog, and we just adored him. He used to chase us when my sister and I would go sledding down the hills in Montana. We'd go out and go sledding. He would chase us down the hill, not playfully. He would chase us down the hill. And if he got you when you got to the bottom of the hill before you could get up off the sled, he would plow into you like a linebacker and bite you on the head. Like that for Jake, that was fun. Jake was, I mean, my goodness, he was just the worst freaking animal. So we moved, we move into this neighborhood. And in Montana, at least at that time, and in this neighborhood, I can't I can't speak for all of Montana or whatnot, but this sounds crazy to people today, but in Montana. Really, everyone just lets their dogs out to roam. It was this big neighborhood, and everyone's dogs were just out doing stuff. Well, Jake, because he's Jake, what's the best way I can put this? He just absolutely practically burned the neighborhood to the ground. 
he got several, I don't mean one, several of the female dogs in the neighborhood, he got them pregnant and they had litters with him. I know. Oh, I know. He's just the worst thing. And Jake loved to fight other dogs, other male dogs. And he had this big head and he was a big meathead and he used to beat the crap out of all the other male dogs. Our neighbor across the street had a German Shepherd. German Shepherds are sweet dogs. Gosh, I love German Shepherds. But Jake used to beat him up too. Jake was huge. Used to beat him up too. And the guy hated it. For some reason, that really bothered him. You know, there's, it sucks breaking up a dog fight. If you've ever had to do it, it's no fun at all. But it's, it's really, it really sucks. So the guy, one day, he took an open box, like a cardboard box, and he put arsenic, that uh, poison in there, put a bunch of poison in the box, and then chopped up a bunch of meat and put it in the box and set it out in the open down by his garbage can at the end of the driveway. Well, of course, in a neighborhood where all the dogs roam, we come home from work, or my dad comes home from work. I'm already home, and Jake is, I mean, he's dying. He's just dying right there in the living room. Uh, had to throw him in the back of the car, take off for the vet. We hear him take his last breath. Right? See, now I've got people crying, Chris, but it, it sucked. It sucked bad. Uh, by the way, the guy killed three other dogs in the neighborhood that day. It wasn't just ours. Uh, old man went over to the house to uh, rearrange his face for him. And he opened up the door, and he saw, my dad's a big dude, a big, scary dude. And he just started bawling right there so my dad couldn't hit him. But that, that's that story. All right, all right, all right. But either way, I was, I was going somewhere with this. That day, that day, the day Jake died, old man threw us all in the car and drove us down to a kennel where we got another lab. Like, so we always had a dog. There was never a lag. Like, there was always a dog in the Kelly household. And so this is going to make me sound like a bad person, Chris. I'm not a bad person. That, I'm not, okay, I'm not that bad of a person, Chris. Right, anyway, long story short, I end up joining the Marines. You know all that. But part of being in the Marines that bothered me was this. I hate cleaning up after other people's stuff. I, 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 I swore to myself when I was in the Marines. You know, you're surrounded by a bunch of smelly Marines at all times. I swore to myself when I got out, I would never live with another human being again until the day I got married. And I didn't. I, I moved out and I had to stay with my parents for one night the day I got out of the Marine Corps just because my apartment wasn't quite ready. One night, boom, next day, right into an apartment. I won't live with other people by myself. So it's because I like being unburdened. I like being unburdened. Part of that was... I was kind of out on dogs. Now, not out on dogs in particular. I was out on pets. I didn't want any pets. Dogs are clearly the superior pet. There's no, there's not really a debate about that. I hope you're not one of those weird reptile freaks. But that's another. Oh, we've had those, those two, Chris. But anyway, I, I really was kind of out on pets at all. Fast forward, married, couple kids. My oldest son has a, a, a pet allergy when it comes to hair. And it's not the end of the world unless it's like horses. Now, I don't think that that's that that is that's as bad either, but it basically gives him a little rash and he gets a little itchy and whatnot whenever he's around a dog or a cat or anything that sheds like that. And then we have to either make the decision to give him Benadryl or something like that, which we don't like medicines. We don't like putting that stuff in kids, but sometimes you almost have to. And then he's lethargic. It's, just, it's a bad situation. So we never had dogs. Now, his throat closes up around horses, but that's another story. Yeah, we had, yeah, we had to step in there. But 
he also loves dogs. I mean, he's a boy. He's a boy. And we have another son, right? The oldest son is James. Youngest son is Luke. And boys love dogs. There's just something about that. So I'm going to have to answer your question. And we had to make a decision in the house. We tried to go through some fish. You already know how all the fish died. We had a lizard, a bearded dragon. The kids wouldn't take care of it, so we had to sell it to someone who would take care of it. And we, we got into a dog discussion. This is about a year ago. I'll finish that up in just a second. But first, are you sleeping in my pillows, Giza dream sheets yet? They are the greatest sheets ever. It look, hear me out here. My pillow, all my pillow products, they come with a 60-day money-back guarantee. You don't have to take my word for it. Go buy a set of Giza Dream Sheets right now. They're the lowest price they've ever been. 60% off. 6-0. Go buy a set or two of Giza Dream Sheets. I recommend two. That way you always have a set on your bed. If those aren't the best sheets ever, just send them back. They're not going to give you any guff over it. Believe me, you won't be sending them back. Go to MyPillow.com. Click on the radio listener specials and use the promo code JESSE, and that gets you 60% off. MyPillow.com, promo code JESSE. Or maybe you're in a car, that's fine. Call 800-845-0544. Just tell them JESSE told you to call. Enjoy the greatest sheets on earth. You're listening to The Jesse Kelly Show. You're welcome. It is the Jesse Kelly Show on a Friday and Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. We are having a good time as promised as always today. Uh, did you see, did you, did you see, um, you know, I'm tempted not to even play it again, but I, I can't stop laughing about it. I can't, I can't stop laughing about the Nancy Pelosi Ukraine thing in Bono. Uh, it, what you saw yesterday was history later at the lunch. Maybe you might want to watch. I'm going to be reading a, a poem written by Bono about Ukraine, which you might find interesting. <laughs> She's going to read a poem by Bono. And not only that, oh, she did. Ireland's sorrow and pain is now the Ukraine. And St. Patrick's name is now <laughs> Zelensky. <laughs> <laughs> All right, back to you. Answer your email. Guy asked if I was a dog person. Oldest son has a pet allergy. Yes, we finally got a dog a year ago, but it's a golden doodle. We had to get the golden doodle, Chris, because the the hair is hypoallergenic. It's the only one he could have. All right, man, I can feel everybody's judging me right now. I feel so judged. Dear Dr. Shogun, I'm a longtime fan. I've listened to you talk about national divorce for a long time. I've been absolutely floored to see the idea talked about by more and more conservative personalities. I know it's a one in a million shot, but if we do get divorced, what's the most ideal drawing of a map look like to you? Also, what would you call our new country? Says I can say her name. Says I used to be a dime. Now I'm a nickel. That's ridiculous. Her name is Cindy. I'm sure you're still a dime, Cindy. Don't don't do that. She said, P.S. I've used your history segments in our homeschool lessons. My kids get a kick out of you and have a love of history because of it. Ah, oh, that is about the coolest freaking thing ever. All right. First of all, the name of our new country will obviously be the Republic of Jesse. Now, don't shake your head, Chris. Now, Republic is 
probably a strong way to put it because I'm going to go ahead and be the dictator for a while. And then when I die, the country will then pass down into the hands of a representative government and things like that. But there are a lot of things. There are a lot of things I need to get right. There are not a lot of things I need to make right before I let that happen. And I need to make sure some things get squared away first. And, and only a dictator like me can do those things. So that one, it's the Republic of Jesse. Two, in all seriousness, I have pitched this idea for a long time. I, 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 look, I didn't create it. There have been other people talking about it. But this is where I stand on it, in case you're wondering what I'm talking about. America's divided. You know, everyone says that. America's divided. America's divided. Well, that's true, but understand something. There's divided, and then there's divided. We don't share any common values anymore. None. Zero. Do you share common values with uh, the people who think the trans swimmer dominating women is okay? Do you share values with those people? Of course you don't. We're two completely separate countries. Well, remember, the point of being a country or, uh, look, even down to a tribe. Let's make it down to a tribe. That always makes things easier to understand. The only point of us coming together and choosing to live together as a tribe, a little hundred-person tribe out in the hinterlands, is what? Well, we share common values, so let's live together for safety and prosperity's sake. If we don't share common values, then let's be separate tribes. Well, th that, that same thing applies to a country. You only should be a country if you share common values. We don't. They're completely gone now. We don't share any values with them. And you can sit and I can sit all day long and say, well, they're wrong. and they're, th th Whatever. We hate each other. I've used the example before. We despise each other. We are now the family where the husband and wife, they have, they have nothing in common anymore. He wants to move to the suburbs and have a white picket fence and church on Sunday and barbecue and raise the kiddos. She wants to go tour Europe with the band and do black tar heroin. There's no coming together there. There's no negotiating. There's no common ground. You're just going to have to go your separate ways. We as a country should go our separate ways. And the reason we should is I'm worried it's going to get violent if we don't. And I don't want to see anybody getting hurt ever. I don't want anyone to get hurt. I've seen enough blood and nastiness in my lifetime. I don't want anyone to get hurt. I have always thought, and I realize this is a pie in the sky dream and it's not going to happen. I'm not naive, but I've always thought it would be wonderful. I mean, we are the country that fought a revolution and ended up better off afterwards. That's not normal. So why don't we, why don't we pioneer a new concept? Let's sit down at the table. We get some of the communists, get some of us, and we sit down. We get a, a neutral arbitrator if we can, and we simply... Divide up the assets and liabilities and get ourselves a good old-fashioned divorce of the nation. I hate you. You hate me. That's fine. At least we can agree on that. That's the one thing we can agree on. Let's agree that it's not working. Let's just split the place. Let's split the place up. And to the, the, the most valid argument against this is people who are typing an email as we speak. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. 
saying the communists will never let us go. That's a totally valid argument. It's a totally valid argument. I'm not, I'm not putting you down. But beyond that argument, what we have now is not salvageable. What we have now is now open combat, political combat within the country, where one side will ultimately win and the other side will be completely crushed and trampled underfoot. Or, or we could just go our separate ways. Now, as far as what the map looks like, I have always thought it, it almost had to be a map that basically draws a line horizontally across the center of the United States of America. And this is why I've said that. I, part of America's great advantage we have is geography. You don't think about that. You know, we think about land of the free and capitalism and all that stuff's great and it all applies, but look at America on a globe. We have all these natural resources, just a stupid amount of natural resources, and we have a gigantic ocean on each coast. Provides not only protection, it provides shipping lanes. Like we we won God's lottery in this country. So if we're going to split it up, I think both the communists and the Republic of Jesse still have to have a Pacific and Atlantic Ocean border. There. That's how I'd split it up. I mean, look, we can split hairs after that. All right. Got a question about redheads and Biden. Hang on. 